Bitcoin. Good morning, Bitcoiners. It's July 1st, 2017. This is your quick update. Pow Bitcoin. I have several stories here. One is a brand new post by Luke Dash Jr. One is a video with Eric Ambrozo, and the other is a kind of like a pro tip Bitcoin link. But before we get into that, let's get into the prices. Bitcoin is sitting on Bitstamp 2503. Um, three month futures is 2616. There's the spread or the premium of futures has dropped to $100. And, you know, this is kind of like my Segwit confidence index. Uh, it's trying to price in. I mean, the spot's trying to price in uh, the next three months of Segwit too. But uh, this is very specific with the, the futures market. So uh, this, this spread is the, my confidence index. And it's gone down from $300 down to $100 now. It, it's, it's signaling that there's confusion out there. No one really knows what's going on segwit 2x their beta was released um, and everybody's kind of weighing in on this um, and the, the futures market is telling us that they don't really like it that much it's increasing the confusion out there but we're still in this consolidation period we're still in this triangle um, it, a couple days ago it bounced perfectly on this resistance line or this support line and the top of the triangle right now is at 2575 and the bottom is at 2375. We're going to be bouncing in there. The end of this triangle ends uh, at the beginning of the second week of July. So uh, I don't think we're going to have any sort of decisive movement for the next few days. Um, I'm not trading at this time. But I, I do, I think it will sink in that we are getting Segwit one way or another. And the price will break upwards. Okay. Uh, let's see. Bitflyer is sitting at 281,000 yen. Local Bitcoin's volume for the last 24 hours. I'm going to start using the 24-hour number because, you know, I'm doing these more often. So uh, just quoting the 7-day volume is not enough. So 24 hours is 5.1 million. And it's that's about average for the last... I don't know, two months for the 24 hour volume. It can spike up to eight or nine, but five, five million dollars on local Bitcoins worth of Bitcoin is pretty good. On chain volume, that's blockchain volume for Bitcoin was $751 million worth of Bitcoin. That is consolidation again, but it's looking good. It's solid. It's not decreasing. It's kind of following this, this, uh, price but if you look at the bounce that we've had in the last day or the uh yeah if we look at the bounce we've had in the last 12 hours on the price the bounce was bigger on chain volume so that's bullish to me the average transaction size is two thousand eight hundred dollars well over a bitcoin and that's also bullish i'm adding in a new metric here which is the blockchain value density. I started measuring this about a year ago when it was obvious that, that Ethereum's blockchain bloat was a problem. And uh, I thought that this was a good way to compare blockchains. Um, Bitcoin contains $336,000 worth of value right now per megabyte. So for the size of the blockchain, Bitcoin's blockchain is 122 gigabytes, 
where I think Ethereum is pushing 200 gigabytes now. And its blockchain value density is probably about um, 100, no, probably less than that, probably $50,000 per megabyte. So you can see the difference. Bitcoin's value density is much, much higher than anyone else's. This might be a good metric going forward to kind of compare coins. Um, and I mean, decentralization, if you're trying, if you're worried about decentralization, which everybody should be in Bitcoin, um, you want to have the highest blockchain density, value density, um, when you're wondering which node to use, okay, because you're, the value you can add to the network is much, much higher in Bitcoin per node. All right, some other other big statistics. The mempool, which is the amount of transactions waiting to be confirmed on the Bitcoin blockchain. Oops. On the Bitcoin blockchain is 11 megabytes. That is kind of like this new base level. We Earlier this year, I think within the last year, we had uh, down to four. And that was kind of the bottom. Now we're the bottom is kind of 11. And we can see that's that is what the demand is without a spam attack. So when we had the spam attack, it went up to 100 megabytes of waiting trans worth of waiting transactions, and it took a lot longer for your um, transactions to get confirmed. The fees went sky high, and don't forget the miners are the ones that get those fees. But right now we are sitting at this 11 megabytes, which is very manageable. Transactions are going through quickly with a nominal fee. It's it's no problem. Um, I don't think this will be a problem until we get to about 50 megabytes, you know, with SegWit and Lightning Network coming on, we'll probably see this increase because people are wanting to settle back to the blockchain, but this is something that we can measure going forward. The estimated difficulty is going to change today, or the estimated difficulty adjustment is going to change today, um, and it's estimated to be 1.1% decline. This will be the first decline in, in many months. It's understandable because of this whole uncertainty going on right now with SegWit. We don't know if um, it's good to buy more equipment to put on the, uh, into hashing right now. Uh, maybe a lot of these big you know, mining farms are paring down or not replacing some equipment, but individuals are definitely buying. I've seen... A handful of people that I follow on Twitter, they're buying miners to run at home for 148. So there, there is kind of this this shift happening in hash power, which is very interesting to me. That kind of cuts through the BS, right? Because you don't know, you can't believe what the miners tell you, but this number definitely cuts through the BS. Okay, uh, and this this will also be very much in the news. We have this difficulty adjustment happening today. And then it has Segwit2x has two weeks to lock to get their ducks in a row to start signaling, and do their do their business before the very last period before August first kicks off. Okay, and if they don't get Segwit locked in in that coming difficulty period, then the user activated software is going to take over. It's going to back clean up. This has a lot to do with the narrative that's going forward because people think this is just stalling. And I'll get into that with Luke Dash Jr.'s post. Okay, gold is sitting at 1241. It is consolidating a similar price movement to Bitcoin, uh, much smaller price movements though. But you'll see the underlying demand inch that price up 10 to $15. And then you'll see a hammer punch, a one hour candle drops $15. Um, 
So the underlying demand for gold is there. It's inching up, but someone's hammer punching it. And who knows? Who knows who it is? I'm not a big manipulation guy. Uh, I think it is being manipulated, but that's just part of the world. And that's one reason why Bitcoin is here. DXY is I'm, I'm following this. Obviously, if you've listened to this, this podcast, I've been following DXY for a while and it's at 95.6 yesterday, I guess close, close at 95.06. Yes. 95.6 yesterday. Um, and, and this is in the face of a lot of hawkish talk by the fed. There was another fed speaker that came out and said, we are going, uh, it looks like we're going to raise interest rates again in 2017. So all of these, uh, all this hawkish talk by not only the Fed, but now I saw some hawkish stuff by the the BOE, Bank of England, uh, ECB. They're talking about uh, inflation, inflation targets. Like the Ger- the German inflation uh, rate was higher than expected, so maybe they will start uh, pulling back on some of their their programs. And so there's a lot of hawkish sentiment, but the dollar continues to decline. Very very interesting to me. In the face of these interest rate increases, the dollar should be strengthening. Bitcoin. Okay, now let's get on to the stories of the day. Um, Just real quick about them. I'm trying to keep this as short as possible for these daily updates. But uh, Luke Dash Jr. has a new post out that is a must read for people. Now, uh, he is kind of the architect behind Segwit as a soft fork. Peter Willa and others... uh, wrote segwit but everyone thought it was had to be a hard fork until luke dash jr came through and said no we can put this in look at this is a way to do it as soft fork just changed everything Um, he is one of the most competent bitcoin developers in the world so when he talks about something when he's supporting something you need to look at it and you need to give it more than just a passing dismissal okay but in there he's he details a lot of problems with Segwit2x, and he also has a very good point here about uh, this hard fork is tied to any Segwit. So even if Segwit gets activated vanilla, uh, you know, regular 141 signaling, 148, or Segwit2x, a countdown has started. If you're running this code, a countdown has started to a hard fork. So it's, it's a, they're trying to tie this hard fork to Segwit, saying Segwit includes a hard fork. So nobody wants a hard fork. And it, it's a way to turn people off to SegWit in general, I think. It also puts the signaling uh, threshold down from 95 to 80 to make it so only Bitmain can block it, basically. And maybe the people come off of 148 and they say, hey, we're getting SegWit through SegWit2x and we can worry about the hard fork later, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But then Bitmain pulls out at the last second and no one gets SegWit. 148 dies. That's what they're thinking. So we need to continue to hammer home that this is coming. The 148 is coming. The next link I have is a video with Eric Lombroso and Jimmy Song on Mad Bitcoins. Uh, Eric Lombroso is very eloquent speaker. He does it. I mean, this is what he does. This is his thing. This is his job. He is the expert, I think, on um, upgrades to the network. I mean, he wrote BIP123, which is about um, segregating kind of, or not segregating, but um, kind of defining what part of Bitcoin each BIP touches. It Does it touch the consensus layer? You know, does it touch just the um, kind of, RPC layer, like the app layer, 
So he is the expert on these upgrades, and he is very eloquent. Of course, he is for 148 as well. M must watch that video. Um, Jimmy Song, I thought he was starting to sound better, but it's very, very simple. He overcomplicates it. I think he overcomplicates in his own mind to uh, make him feel better about not taking a position. But to, the only way to avoid a split is to get 148 going through. Anyway, it's a very good video. You should watch it. And the last one is kind of like a pro tip link. It's CryptoReach.com. And there you can see this uh, ranking chart of the top 20 coins and kind of follow their, the evolution over the last couple of years. It's very interesting to, to look at. Very well done. Good job, guys, on that. Bitcoin. That's it for this episode. I'm going to try my damnedest to get a full-length episode out this weekend. Very busy. I'm putting in a... Uh, pay for patio in my backyard and uh, of course doing all the family stuff and it's getting to be fourth of july but i'm gonna get a full episode out before fourth of july that is definitely a promise so stick with me if you guys want to support the show go to patreon.com forward slash bitcoin and markets for a dollar a month you can support me and uh, other content creators i know andreas is out there so you wouldn't join patreon just for me you can support other people as well if you're a content producer out there please do that you know we need to get away from this corporate run uh, bitcoin media like coindesk completely biased you know giving a platform to people i even got a dm on twitter from coin telegraph saying hey we'll pay you to retweet us basically um, do you want to be partners with us and we gotta we gotta cut that out people we need to support independent media. This show, along with other content producers out there, we need to support them. So uh, please go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets and show your support. Thank you guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening.